the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. You're going to be hearing more and more about this and whether it comes true or not. I don't know. Last three times it's happened, it's come true. And it's a recession based on a yield curve inversion. Now's the time to look at your portfolio if you haven't. Sober up after a long weekend of watching NCAA basketball uh, and think about where you go with your portfolio. If you're in stocks like Nike that are trading at you know 25 times earnings and the market's at 15, that's one that may get a haircut. I own Nike. I'm not stressed about a recession. I've lived through many recessions. I have shirts that say I survived the 2006-2008 Great Recession, and all I got was a stupid shirt. I'm not ready to retire yet, but when I'm retired, I'm going to care a lot more about recessions. Capiche? I know you're saying, please, please, please don't use Spanish words when you're not Spanish. I know you're saying, it's really, he doesn't know, it's Italian. <laughs> Capiche? Capiche, as I like to say. Um, I'm under the weather. And I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. But I have a chance to give away tickets, so I'm doing this for you because I love you. And because Zach is giving me a lot of trouble. What are you getting a chance to win today? Levi Stadium. It's a beautiful stadium. A little improperly designed with the sun, but that's okay. Saturday, April 13th. Monster Jam at Levi Stadium. Family four-pack of tickets. Monster Jam returns to Levi Stadium on Saturday, April 13th. And it's going to be a night of wheels, 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 wheels. A night of adrenaline-packed family entertainment. Gravedigger, which this is hilarious, is going to be there. I once was living in Washington, D.C., and I went down to South Carolina and had a beach. And I guess the shop that Gravedigger gets worked on is there, and they had it parked in front. And I was with girlfriend and a couple friends and i was like please 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 can i get a picture with it so i have a picture of me and gravedigger and i know you're saying for real and i don't even like monster trucks other than it's crazy noise i love the crazy you know the room room, 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 room. i don't get the whole running over other cars i don't get jumping the monster truck you know 40 feet in the air but the noise you don't want to miss this world-class driving exhibition, pushing perfectly engineered Monster Jam trucks to their limits. For tickets and more, visit monsterjam.com or kdow.com. That's kdow.com. Family four-pack. It's pretty cool. Uh, I've been to one of these before, and they are loud, and they are fun. And maybe if we get you in the front row, a tire comes off, and, you know, it missed you by that much, right? So it's Saturday, April 13th, Levi's Stadium. These are very affordable on their own, but you get a chance to win a family four-pack by calling 800-516-1220. I'm on my deathbed, which, by the way, I'm going to the doctor shortly. 
And if he tells me I'm cancer and I'm going to die, I'm going to try to do it on air. I'm hoping it's just strep, but I'm going to try to do cancer death on air or heart attack on air. So, because that would be informative and educational. And you'll ask the instant question, I wonder if he had enough to retire. He didn't even need that much because he died. That's a lot of people's retirement plan. Just ignore it. 40% of Americans don't have anywhere near enough or nothing saved for retirement. No bueno. No bueno. You know, Southwest is flying to Hawaii. You can't even find it. You can't even find a seat now. That's how much they changed the business. They cut the prices by about 30%. A lot of people are worried that you're going to get bored on a Southwest plane because they don't really have the cabin for food and meals and for entertainment. And lordy, lordy, lord, their their online internet is non-functional. But I digress. I love you guys, and that's why I'm here on a day that I think I'm going to die. I have a tough weekend. So, okay, Boeing. Remember how I said I don't know if I would buy Pacific Gas and Electric? I didn't, and it went down to like 8 9 bucks, and it bounced back to 20 Now, keep in mind, it went from 60 to 50 to 40 to 30 to 20 to 10 to 8 and all I know is I'm going to be paying more for electricity because of some mistakes in the past where people have died in fires. So I'm like, I don't know what the quantifiable risk is there. It's a jury situation. So I, I won't touch it. But Boeing is not a jury situation. Although there could be some lawsuits against cause of death and such. There's no meaningful alternative to support mass switching. It will be unrealistic for the market to reject the platform outright. So it says an analyst who says, keep on buying Boeing, saying the primary factor in the two deadly crashes is the flight control system. It's not the plane. Interesting. Now, again, I try to keep my analysis in my wheelhouse. I'm probably best at tech stocks, semiconductors in particular. I do have a good feel for the overall market because I've been doing this for so many years. But Boeing, I can't tell you the difference between a fuselage and you know overhead compartments. But the analyst at Berenberg is calling Boeing a tough sell because they see the 737 MAX model that had two deadly crashes as too big to fail. The 737 MAX is Boeing's most important program, generating 33% of the group's revenue, contributing over 50% of the profit. And with a backlog of over 4,600 aircraft, there's no meaningful alternative to support mass switching. It will be unrealistic for the market to reject the platform outright. How about them apples? I don't typically quote Matt Damon or Ben Affleck. I'm not sure which one it was. I didn't really much care for that movie. Um, Goodwill hunting. So Berenberg kept its buy rating on Boeing, betting that a primary factor in the two deadly crashes is the flight control system, which the FAA is expected to sign off on a software fix next week. The analysts expect the impact to be temporary and the grounded fleet to be back in service in the third quarter. Ethiopian Air has gone out of their way to say, we believe in Boeing. Indonesia Air, not so much. Now, two crashes, the number of dead is, is it's surreal. And it's really tough to put your head around it to say over 300 people died. And if it's the flight control system and there's a software fix patch, if they can enable that system for free to the airlines, I bet a lot of people will get back in there. Now, I'm, I'm banking more on this analyst than on my own knowledge of airplanes. And that's super important for you to know. Boeing currently has 5,000 orders for the 737 MAX planes. 4,600 of them are unfilled. Several airlines include Lion Air. They've threatened to switch to other manufacturers, but good luck with that. Some airlines will cancel some orders. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But I think Boeing is potentially a buy at 365. That's where it's at today. Consultable Market Advisor taking action on your stock suspension. I can't buy it for three days now. I can't sell it for three days because I just mentioned it on air. 
But my gift to you is I think, and again, consult a broker advisor. Don't take my word. Do your own homework. Anytime I ever cheated off someone, I found out they had a different test. And boy, was that disappointing. I could have failed on my own, right? I didn't know teachers were that smart. And I know you're saying, when was the last time you cheated on a test? It's been a while. <laughs> like maybe 40 years. But I did. Um, and it's embarrassing to admit. But it is what it is. Don't cheat here. Do your own homework. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. If you want those monster tickets, we haven't given them away yet. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. And again, thanks for the support and the good wishes. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. New England Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski is retiring from the NFL. I bring this up because... You, too, one day will retire. He's either blessed or cursed. I don't know. Retiring at 29, a couple months shy of his 30th birthday. Uh, Fun-loving, touchdown spiking, happy-go-lucky. Seems to enjoy the alcohol and the ladies. Um, Would you call him a partier? (laughs) I don't know. Um, Four-time All-Pro, saying what kind of a lot of people were thinking. He might retire, and he's saying, I'm retiring. It's interesting, because retiring is such a, a final thing. I bet he's going to have a movie or two come out where he's either a sidekick or maybe he's got daughters stuck up in a skyscraper. You know what? I'm sick. I catch up on bad movies. And let me tell you, skyscraper is one of the worst movies ever made. Dwayne, the rock Johnson. I, I, I'm not saying I couldn't follow it because I was like high on cough medicine, but I couldn't follow it. It was just like, why would terrorists set a building on fire that they're in? It was kind of part diehard. It's not worth and part towering inferno. It's not worth me talking about, but don't waste your time. Um, Good guys shoot the bad guys. Bad guys die. He wins. End of movie. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, and his two kids, they also live. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So back to Rob Gronkowski. I want you to start thinking sometime today. Just spend three minutes thinking about what retirement looks for you. Whether you're a 23-year-old punk kid going to community college or 35-year-old who just got married or a 40-year-old who just had a second kid or you're 50, 55 and you're starting to feel like, man, I'm the oldest guy in this building. Start thinking a little bit about what retirement's going to look like because it's going to happen. Gronkowski was a second-round pick. He has said in the past that he's never spent any of his money that he earned from playing football. So he should be pretty well off. But, and here's the big but. Um, what if his second career doesn't work out? Did he retire too early? Should he take a year off and come back? I don't know. What if you retire a little bit too early? It's one of the biggest mistakes I see people make. Uh, Because when you retire early, sometimes you don't have health care. So you you think like, hey, I've got a couple million dollars, I'm going to retire. And then you have a heart attack and you're like, oh, that's something to think about. But also, what are you going to do with your time? And what are you going to do if things get out of control spending-wise? I had a bad year of spending. I spent more last year than I thought. And if I was in retirement, that's a no-no. So Gronkowski, he only spent his endorsement money. He never spent his paycheck. I think that's kind of a cool thought. I wish we could do that. You know, every now and then someone like MyPillow offers me to, if they like, if you do an on-air endorsement, we'll pay you $300. I'm like, $300 every time I do it? Sure. No, $300 a month. I'm like, I ain't doing that. Um. I think I'm worth a little bit more than $300, and I can't live off that. 
Um, radio is funny. It is funny the way it works out. Um, anyhow, anyhow, uh, stock market winners so far this year has some really strange bedfellows. If you're looking how the year's playing out, big tech's done very well. They're considered growth companies, but you know what else has done well? Utility companies. And that doesn't make any sense because you tend to say, well, I'm going to invest in a utility company because I think America's going to go into a recession and we're going to lose 25 million jobs. And, but those people have to pay for electricity. Therefore, I'm going to invest in utility. They don't have to go to concerts. They do have to pay for electricity. So the tail of the tape this year is a little confusing when you have both techs, stocks, which are growth, and you have utility stocks, which are considered, you know, in the past, they've been considered safe for grandmothers and orphans, widows and orphans. I would say PGD kind of turned that idea up on its head. But Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, and Microsoft, they're the largest part of the stock market, and they're called FANG. They make up 12.6% of the S&P 500. So if you own the S&P 500, you own Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, and Microsoft. You don't have to guess when's the best time to buy them. <clears throat> you just have to get in. Boy, that sexy, flimmy voice throat. If anyone wants me to call and read about good night story tonight, I'll gladly do it for $3. Did he say $3 or $300? $3. Didn't you just say you turned down $300 for an endorsement? I did. But I'll read you a good night book for $3. Nike and Starbucks have been nudging up to record highs in recent weeks and both traded 50% premium to the market. So that's a smart thing to look at on occasion of how much... You want to look at your, your four things on a company. How's the stock market doing? How's the sector doing? How's the single stock doing? And what's the outlook? Um, real estate index has been reeling. That's worthy of note, although recently interest rates have dropped, so maybe that'll increase some um, sideline jump moves. Starbucks has been a big winner this year, but recently has pulled off a little bit. It'll be interesting to see. Um, how Starbucks plays out when their ex-CEO, Howard Schultz, runs for president. Do people like that or not like that? I don't have a really good idea for you. There is one big story that I keep circling back to today, and it's Tim Cook and Apple. And the unveiling of Apple's long-rumored TV streaming and news subscription services can be held at the Steve Jobs Theater. Last week, the AirPods 2 were thrown out there. Maybe they'll say, we got a new health monitoring function tied towards the AirPods. And that would be sexy. Because like I said, I'm getting older. And Stanford did some tests on the Apple Watch. Uh, not the new one, but the previous ones. And they said, like, it's not bad at predicting having heart attacks. It's not always great, and it may do some false signals. But it's not bad. But we're really paying attention to see if Apple could do anything to compete with Netflix. Netflix has shown a strong want to get away from Apple's iTunes store. Apple, um, I bought a movie this weekend, and I had to buy it on Amazon because it was on one of my TVs that didn't have Apple. So I got it on Amazon, which is all fine. But I like to rent movies or buy movies through Apple because I own shares of Apple, right? I kind of like that idea of supporting the company that supports me on a lot of levels. Um, so what's it going to be? Apple believer, I think that Apple's going to be opened into like the Roku world. I think Apple's going to open up a little bit more. I don't see a video service where they just thump unless they buy you know a ten percent stake in Hulu or something like that. Uh, a ten percent stake in Netflix. I just don't see it. But that's the beauty of this. 
if they miss the wow factor, we're going to be really disappointed. Apple hasn't hit in its desire to get more original content competing with Netflix, Amazon, and Disney soon. Apple's got a pretty good relationship with Disney. That might be an interesting partnership. Um, especially since Disney hasn't quite figured out what they're doing with their Disney Plus service coming out later this year. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. So I'm pretty under the weather and I'm going to go in to get my throat cultured today, I hope. I'm taking a look at how I schedule this. Because, of course, I'm doing a radio show, and I don't want to get it on a call and have it, like, dumped for the radio show kind of thing. Um, I didn't know this. I can now do a video conference with a doctor if I'm over 18 months old. And I think I'm over 18 months old. Some of my past girlfriends would say otherwise, but I would say I think I'm over 18. But I find that kind of fascinating. I don't know if you do. Apple's big streaming event today. Investors can barely contain their excitement. Stock moved a lot in the last three weeks. Uh, is it because of that? Let's see if we're disappointed. Let's see if we're excited. It's been a while since I've been excited, right? So let's talk a little bit about this yield inversion. This happened on Friday and basically says, ding, 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 ding. There is a recession coming. I've been analyzing the yield curve for the better part of 20 plus years on radio and television and financial planning issues and in portfolio issues. Um, when short-term rates are higher than long-term rates, it typically leads to a recession 12 to 18 months out. So the banks, no, no, money, bond yields, best way of saying this, bonds are saying there's so much money coming out of short-term and going into long-term, or is it coming out of long-term and going into short-term, that it creates a yield inversion. Now, a lot of this is out-of-sample research, um, but in the last 25 years, since there's been a, a major cross between the 10-year treasury and the three-month treasuries, um, it has really said, uh, Paul Revere, the recession is coming, the recession is coming. And it's been right three straight times. In a growing economy, the normal behavior of a yield curve is when longer-term rates have higher yields than shorter term because it factors in inflation is the basic idea. There are many intuitive reasons. When uncertainty increases, it's a classic safe haven. A lot of people dump money. Demand bids the price up and yields decrease. Uh, but this is basically saying, think about your portfolio if you think you're too aggressive. I don't know you. I don't even know your name. You don't even know my name. Um, but there's a lot going on that, that could it get bad, could it get worse? The Trump investigation should have been a positive for the stock market. Not today. Um having it end for now. The ongoing trade war between China and the U.S. is bad, and it's not really fixing itself. But I think, again, that comes down to the White House signaling that they want a strong economy right before the elections. They sweep uh, the next election. I don't know if they're thinking presidency. I don't know what they're thinking, because the economy is pretty good during the, the recent midterm election. So I, I don't know. I'm not a strategist. Europe may be in a recession already, and you got this disorderly Brexit thing where everyone's so kind to each other, the British are. Would you like tea with that on your way out? Um, the next big deadline for that is April 12th. And honestly, I feel like it's been going on my whole life, right? And we'll see what Theresa May can get through her exit bill with Parliament. What is bad 
for Europe is bad for the rest of the world. I think what is bad for U.S. and China is bad for the rest of the world. Some people would argue China has some trade policies that are not the best, steal a lot of intellectual secrets. We buy semiconductors from them and motherboards that we later find out had spyware put on them. There's some issues with how China does business. So uncertainty ultimately works against economic growth. It's the old consumer confidence issue. It's one of those pieces of data that I barely report on because I hate it. But consumer confidence is one of those things where you go, they ask you a question, how do you feel about the current economy? Well, I feel pretty good. But you know what? I heard that Rob Black say there was an inverted yield curve, and that might be a problem. Or my best friend is moving out of the state. And that might be a sign that they've had enough and they're cashing out. I've seen people who financially weren't strong enough to stay leave. I've seen people who are financially strong enough to stay for 10, 15 years leave. So the turnover is going to be interesting. We have a full slate of IPOs. This week, we might get Lyft if the market doesn't tank. If it tanks, whoo, boy. Lyft, Uber, Pinterest, and others sit on the sideline and wait for a better market. Because if people are uncertain, they're not going to say, I'm going to put my money in this highly overvalued IPO thinking that they'll string together a couple great quarters of growth to justify that highly overvaluation. You could kind of see where confidence and uncertainty play into it. The economy is entering dangerous territory. It's like the walking dead. Don't mess with the whisperers. Don't go into their territory because they will cut your head off. Turning points are difficult to forecast often because we want good economic times to continue. And no one wants to talk about the negative. I'm going to go to the doctor today. And I'm going to tell him I was really tired over the weekend, got a sore throat, got a bit of a headache. I don't have to go to the doctor. If he tells me I'm, I've got cancer and I've got three months to live, I kind of wish I didn't know. I hope that's not what happens. I'm hoping he's just like, oh, here's some penicillin. I used to live in Turkey as a child for a small period of my life. It's a country. It's not an animal. And uh, I used to get strep all the time and all the time because I didn't know this. I, mean, I was like seven, but when there's horses that poop on the street and you have kind of a dirty country, you tend to get strep more. Or at least silly little Caucasian boy with not a big immune system. I got sick a lot with strep. I think I got like strep in 16 months, maybe like 12, 10, 10 to 12 times. What sucked up, what stank about it, I'm going to try not to use the word suck. What stank about it is they gave you a big old shot in your butt back then. I don't know if they do that anymore, but it was a big shot too. It was one where, like, man, I could really feel the medicine going in. Oh, boy, it's going in. Um, but anyway, I don't know why I brought that up. Oh, getting news that you don't want to hear. People don't prepare for a down market. People don't prepare for a recession. People don't want to hear it. People don't prepare for their own death. You could save a boatload of money if you plan your own funeral or plan your own memorial service or plan what's going to happen to you. You wait till you die on a Friday. My dad died in the middle of winter in January, and he wasn't quite ready for it. He should have been buried in Arlington Cemetery, but we had to call. My dad didn't. My dad believed in God for a long, 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 long time, and then he had kids, and that kind of went away. And then later in life, when he was told he has cancer and he's going to die, he started believing in God again. So we would have loved to get him into Arlington Cemetery. It would have been beautiful. It would have been a nice resting place. It would have been a nice place to take the children and grandchildren in the future. We got him into the church that he was going to. But it was expensive, very last minute. And he, he even knew he could have made better plans. Oh, and the reason he didn't get in Arlington Cemetery was uh, it was cold. It was winter. It was icy. The ground was frozen. 
And uh, they said it's going to be like 7 to 10 days or 17 days. And we're like, let's just bury him in the backyard. I know you're saying, you wanted to bury your dad in the backyard? I'm like, yeah, no, no, I didn't say that. Uh, but you get the idea. We wanted to kind of get over it. Mourning, I don't think is, it's not good to have a body above ground forever and ever and ever. It's just, it wears on the family. Anyway, do we get the revolutionary TV product today? I don't know. Do you know? It's TV streaming and has become too fragmented and too complicated. And this is Apple's moment to pull it all together. I know you're saying, I don't think they can do it. I don't know if they can or can't, but I've got a friend who pays a ridiculous cable bill for channels he doesn't watch. He even has a kid who watches Paw Patrol. I'm like, you know, he doesn't know how to do the DVR. You could delete those. He doesn't have to watch that horrible, awful show. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, we'll be there in a double. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol. Uh, but it's funny because some people think their kids should have a final say in everything. <laughs> like, he's he's a kid. But Comcast just announced a cheap service for internet-only customers. It resembles an Apple TV, but you rent it, which is just stupid, stupid, stupid. Comcast, I hate you because I have to rent that cable box or I have to go out and get my own. And for some reason, the go out and get your own is trouble for me. So I'm like, I hate them. So the moment I was able to cut cable, I'm like, I cut it. I went with Roku and Apple TV. Comcast announced a cheap service. Sweet. A little bit late, Comcast, in my opinion. And the fact that they're going to be selling a dongle for streaming, they're going to be renting it when you can go out and get a $40 one from Roku. And if Apple jumps on Roku, good night. So Apple's going to unveil a rumored service today. The event is called Showtime. Um, there's too many streaming services, so we're starting to get to the point of fatigue. My friend who has got the Paw Patrol kid, I'm like, you've got a Sony PlayStation. Why don't you just get the View TV service through it? You'll save a bundle of money. Again, it's convenience, right? He's also got cable modem. He doesn't want to lose one without the other kind of thing. Netflix has already said it won't participate in the new Apple service, which is not surprising since Apple is expected to want a 25 to 35% cut of subscription fees. Um, going to be interesting. The Comcast service called Xfinity Flex is going to cost $5 a month, and it's going to support Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO, and more. It comes with some free movies and some ad-supported TV like ESPN3 and Cheddar. TV is affordable enough that the cost isn't the main factor. Convenience is kind of part of it, right? We're going to learn more today. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Find me online at robloxshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Big old $750 million Powerball jackpot this week. Will you be the winner? Probably not. As much as tornadoes and hurricanes seem to target the poorest regions of our country, so do does the $750 million Powerball jackpot winners. I don't get it. It's never someone like Steve Jobs or, well, he's dead. It's never someone like Mark Benioff or Rob Black or you fill in the blank of some famous wealthy person, right? You know why? Because famous wealthy people don't play the lottery. Um. I'm not playing. I just, I, I feel like it's a, a stupid tax. Yes, some of the money does go to schools. Yes, it is nice to sit there for an hour, two hours, three hours until the drawing and thinking what you would do with all that money. You know what I'd do, right? I'd buy a small country, maybe an island, start my own basketball league where everyone has to be five feet or shorter. I'm 6'2". And I would dominate. I want to have a donkey birthday party at some point in time where I play donkey basketball on a donkey. 
I can't really afford to do that. I could, but it just doesn't seem right. But if you have $750 million, it sounds kind of right. Tesla is getting some negatives these days. I would be very cautious owning Tesla. I think Elon Musk is a marvel of an engineer and a mind. I think he has got to he's got to stop tweeting. RBC Capital Markets has lowered its 12-month price target on Tesla shares amid softer demand expectations and a delivery snag in China. So the price target's just 14% lower than his previous forecast, but it implies 20% downside from where Tesla is today. And the analyst says Tesla's price for growth. Um and some of their growth ain't happening. So that's when you start taking a look at valuation. A lot of electric cars coming online this year. A lot of uh, different models. Volkswagen's got like 30 of them planned in the next few years. And you're like, that's too many. Silicon Valley techies are turning to a cheap diabetes drug to help them live longer. Uh, interesting right there, that headline has me, of cheaper drugs. Teeny tiny white little pill called metformin. It's prescribed to millions of people with diabetes to help control high blood sugar. If you don't have diabetes, you could still take it to keep you healthier for longer, is the thought. Try to keep your stress levels low with a little bit of meditation. Eat well. Do a little kite surfing and take metformin even though you don't have to. It's kind of like that baby aspirin thing. It'll ward off a heart attack, only it won't. So metformin's undergoing a bit of a renaissance right now. And it's it's fascinating to me to see, like, that's one of the reasons I like that show, Silicon Valley, um, because people in the Bay Area, they think they're above everything. I saw a woman the other day with uh, two huskies, and she could barely control them. And huskies can be kind of aggressive animals. And I live in a pretty crowded town, and I'm like, in my head, here's the bubble. What the heck is she doing with two big mountain dogs in a, in a packed city? People are, just, people are just bad owners, and they just think they're, they're entitled to it. Metformin's not a new innovation. The drug has been available in generic form for five cents a pill for decades. But it looks like a couple years of studies have said it helps cut or reduce your cancer risk compared to the general population. So it says a study in mice. Um, So metformin could be a a miracle drug. I throw that out there because I don't know. It doesn't have a lot of side effects, but... Everyone's looking for that golden egg or that, you know, that golden investment idea. Biogen thought they were on to one. They had Alzheimer's disease trials that they had to halt last week. And the stock got crushed. They lost $18 billion in value. Because Alzheimer's is a disease we haven't really figured out. We haven't mapped out a, a good treatment plan yet. So it's still very much so an issue um, that we would pay big bucks for. So Biogen stock falls. Well, guess what they do? They say, we're going to spend $5 billion buying back more shares. Not a bad use of your cash when you get clobbered, if you have confidence that you have other product that could replace it. But that's when you get to know the product pipeline. I don't do a lot of biotech investing, or I do some pharmaceutical investing based on you know the portfolio of drugs they have, not the portfolio of drugs they're developing. Pharmaceutical companies can have very low PEs, nice dividends, but every now and then they get hit because Congress or presidential election cycles happen. People always want to say, that's a bit of a problem. Drugs are too high. We need old people to vote. 
please vote for me. I'll cut prices of everything, even though metformin's five cents a pill, right? There are some cheap drugs out there. Oh, my, 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 my. Janet Yellen said the inverted yield curve doesn't have to equal slower growth. We could cut interest rates. She's not part of the Federal Reserve right now, but she's already out there saying that's what the Federal Reserve is there for, and maybe they cut interest rates to help the curve flatten out instead of invert. So less than six months ago, mortgage rates marched above 5%. Now they're at that 4% level again, Um, 4.5%, depending on how many points you buy in situations like that. And it's not expected to rise much this year. And there's an interest rate cut. Home prices likely drift higher. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and give me a call. 800-516-1220. Call the show. Be a part of the show. Get involved in the show. Gold rises right now as the U.S. recession fears are ramping up. Think about that for Uno Momentero. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.